Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Hello everybody and welcome to the biggest and best and last episode of 2011 and probably the first of 2012. Um, this is the Game of the Year episode of Drop Bear Gaming Podcast. So welcome along. We've uh, pulled together a, a pretty much a full staff on this one. So um, I will very quickly go ahead and introduce everybody. I myself, of course, is Lucas over here. Uh, and I have my brother there. Matt, how you doing? Um, pretty good, yeah. Fantastic. Tired. <laughs> it's that time of year you're supposed mm. to be. So that's all good. Um, and then we've got Susie, of course. How are you doing? I'm fabulous. Yeah, good Chrissy New Year, the whole stuff. Absolutely. Fantastic. First in Melbourne, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Wow. It was good. Oh. I brought the weather down with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably killed a whole bunch of pensioners. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they hate, fucking they hate the hot. <laughs> no you one likes it. jokes about killing you, dead you people. Twist- you twisted all the fucking train tracks, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, joining Susie uh, in in their abode is Tim. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well, thank you. Fantastic. And you've had a, a good break. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been pretty good. Been a pretty full on year for me at work, amongst other things. So uh, yeah, big gets to chill out. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's always deserving it at this time of year, I think. So. And for the first time on the podcast, but not definitely not the first time to the, the website, um, Chloe, or as everybody may know it, Lamb Chop, how are you? Hello, very well, thank you. Very sunburnt, but pulling through. Very sunburnt, that's not good. <laughs> it's an Aussie Christmas. It's, it's part of being Aussie. Well, that is true. Yes, it is. So, well, welcome aboard, everybody. Uh, we, we do have a bit of a packed show. Um, we've come up with a bit of a list that we're uh, we're going to chat through for the game of the year, of course. We actually, uh, although we don't do it every time, we've come a little bit prepared this time. So um, we've got a list of lots of games we want to talk through, so we better kick straight off into it. Uh, of course, being the game of the year, um, there's been so many different games brought out this year, and as everybody knows, it's probably one of the biggest games years that we've ever had. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, Mm-hmm. I want to have a very quick run through. Uh, I know we're going to mention some of these ones, but I want to have a very quick run through of how the year basically went. Uh, it started out really big. Um, January, of course, we had Dead Space 2 and Little Big Planet 2. Both awesome games, very, very big. Um, then that was followed on in February straight away, pretty much with Bulletstorm, which everybody was waiting for. There was a lot of hype about that one at the time. Um, and um, then March came with Crisis 2. And Total War uh, Shogun, which anybody play Total War at all? Nope. No. <laughs> it was a pretty. I, I love the Total War games. One of my very first games that I had on a PC was the um, the Total War. Um, can't even remember which one it was now. Um, maybe the original Shogun. I can't remember. It was a long time ago, anyway. Um, I know. It was wasn't one of them. The, like, hardest game ever? No. I don't know. They were all pretty bloody hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're dumb at strategy like me. They're <laughs> real hard. <Duh. laughs> um, April was followed, obviously, just after with um, Portal 2, 
which again was a massively hyped game. But then probably one of the biggest games to ever come out of Australia uh, followed up that one in May, which was Alain Noir. And we pretty much had you know headlines across you know the rest of the year from uh, from what was going on because of Alain Noir. Um, yes. June was interesting with uh, the Child of Eden and Infamous Two, so some more big names there. Um, July, which is my birthday, was a bit of a lull. Everybody takes that month off. Um, not really a lot going on in the middle of the year. So, unfortunately for me, when I'm asking for, for my birthday presents, but anyway, no one cares. Um, a rock. <laughs> Asked for some new controllers from smashing them all out for the last few months. Um, huh. August, we had uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which was pretty big as well. Um, didn't quite live up to the hype, but it was still a good game. So, um, Then we had September, we had Gears of War 3 and Resistance 3. October was probably hands down the biggest month of the entire year. We had uh, Batman, um, FIFA and Battlefield 3. So they were pretty huge. Then we had um, November. November was pretty big. Oh, it was, no doubt. It was um, pretty big. Assassin's Creed, Revelations. Awesome uh, game. Uncharted 3, awesome, awesome game. game, and Elder Scrolls Scroll, Skyrim. So also... Also awesome game. Massive games. So, I mean, December also has seen a couple, um, and I'm actually trying to rack my brain for some of the big ones, but I can't even do it right now. I got that far, and then I thought, oh, what else has come in December? Has there been anything? No. Anyway, that's me done. So, have a good night, guys. Uh, oh, no, sorry. We're doing a cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that was pretty much the year to, to December. We did have some pretty big games. That list there has been, uh, at this point, some of uh, some of the biggest games ever made, really. Uh, although a lot of them have been, um, you know, sequels and, and uh, three-peats and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I guess... There's been a lot of other ones that we have discussed as well. So what I'm going to do, um, being the, the first one on the show, or the first time on the show, Chloe, what do you reckon would be one of yours? Not not the top in no order, but what would be probably one of your favourite games from this year? Uh, one of my favourite games is actually one of the, the smaller iPhone games. It's uh, Tiny Wings. Um, awesome. The main thing that I like about this is I'm just impressed that one guy made this game all on his own and he did it in seven months. And that's, that's pretty badass in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, anything about game development, that is freaking hard to do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's such a super simple game, but it's really addictive. You know, I, I'm sure most people have played it. You just use a one, one button press to, to get the little dude with the tiny wings to, um, to go, go up down, the down. Yeah. Mm. Speed and go do a bomb fast. dive. It really, so much... sorry. Sorry. I was just saying it's fun. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I mean, it, it really was probably one of one of the most addictive games of the year in my in, in my um, view. I mean, it was one of the types of games and, and perfect for the, for the iOS where you can just sit down for two minutes and crack out a, a quick couple of levels or you can sit there for hours just over and over and over and over and over again trying to beat your high score. And yeah, exactly. That's a perfect game for me, especially for the iOS. So was- I am a I am a massive fan of 
reductionist gaming. And from a design perspective, Tiny Wings has to be one of the best examples of keeping your scope extremely narrow and just meeting out so much good gameplay out of it. There's collecting Mm -hmm. the coins, there's jumping a certain distance or getting a certain height, and each island you reach differs in in how you know the cadence of the the slopes um the steepness of them and that that is just phenomenal from a design perspective i've so much respect for tiny wings it's uh it's it's just a brilliant example of good tidy design yeah what he said (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think we can all agree that one was pretty fantastic Mm. susie did you play tiny wings no. No. Okay. <laughs> Susie, Susie does not agree. I, it's not that I don't agree. I just I have no input for Tiny Wings. Right. That sounds cute. <laughs> well, what... It is. It's a very cute game. It's um yeah. I think it's something that even kids can enjoy if they do know how to use iPods, which they usually do these days. Yeah, but um yeah, it's just an awesome game. Nice. So Susie, seeing you didn't have any input on that one, what would be one of your games of the year? Uh, one of my games of the year would have to be L.A. Noir, um, which I spoke a bit about last episode. So for me, that was probably my number one. Oh, actually. there you go. It was a pretty pretty awesome game. I think um, you know, what they did with that genre, um, it went way past what I expected. And we mentioned it on the podcast lots of times. I was actually really dubious to get the game before it came out, strictly just for the fact that you know, I played all those old school CSI games and all that kind of, you know, just the dodgy walk into a room and just look around until something flashes at you and then you click on it and, you know, it tells you something and you've got to go over here and do that. But they actually kind of made that interesting and fun. So I think that was a massive step forward. A lot of people out there didn't agree, though. A lot of people, I don't know, they, they must have just expected something different, I guess, because, I don't know, if you go into most games with an open mind, you'll you'll tend to be, well, with some exceptions, you'll tend to be pretty, um, find a bit of enjoyment in them. But L.A. Noir, I think a lot of people went, oh, it's Rockstar, it's going to be this. And when it wasn't what they expected, like, oh, I try to run over pedestrians and they jump out of the way. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're doing it wrong, you know? It's, yeah, I really, really agree with you. There's something very telling. And I think this year has been a particularly good year to generate this discussion and I I realise it's probably something for either an article or or another podcast but in what people look for when they game and and how receptive they are to what the game is actually trying to allow you to do Mm. you know Um, so I think LA Noir was one that yeah absolutely depending on your expectations I think a lot of people missed out the the real joy that it has and all the wonderful details that it does have to offer Mm. yeah and that's actually a very good point. I'd like to actually go into that a lot more in another podcast because I think nowadays we have and developers are able to actually give us a choice of what they're trying to do in a game. And um, mm-hmm. you know, this year has been probably by far the the biggest amount of choice for any you know, any single you know, gaming year. So I like. Well, that. I don't I don't have it on my list, but uh, we've got an, we've got. This, I don't know if you mentioned while I was not paying attention. That we've got a list of honourable mentions for after this, but um, Dragon Age Two was another one that I think is kind of like that, because they went down the framed narrative sort of path and um, try to do something interesting with the storyline that way. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people, I don't know, win or lose, you know, positive, negative. It was, 
I thought it was a pretty fun game, but a lot of people, again, thought oh, that didn't work sort of thing, something that didn't work. But it's nice to see developers trying new things at the same time. So, I think, uh, and just on a personal um, experience with these games as well, Like as much as I love Rockstar and what they have done with games over the years, something like L.A. Noir for me, is much more appealing than, say, the new Max Payne that's coming out. So it's. I think gamers really need to ask themselves, do you play a game because everyone else is or do you do it because it's something you know or think you might enjoy based on what you like? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like Call and, of Duty. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think you find a lot of people not really knowing where their experience is at until they've um, sussed out what the general consensus is and yeah, exactly. you know what that's just a big way of cheating yourself you know play the game if you're interested in it see what it's got for you and if none of your friends get into it or the whole internet didn't like it fine that, that doesn't matter you know yeah. um, I think there have been a lot of more than just L.A. Noire but L.A. Noire is probably the best example of maybe a, a misunderstood game that came out in uh, 2011 Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's like I was saying before we started recording, that's what I've been finding with Steam with all their sales coming up to Christmas. Just like seeing a game that's $2.50 that has, you know, your pixelated graphics and stuff like that and it's by an indie company and you think, oh, that's just another, you know, using pixelated graphics to yeah, you know, the draw whole... that kind of crowd. But then yeah. it's $2.50 so I go, I've been going, you know what, why not, I'll just have a crack start playing it and find, you know, there's so many out there that you just wouldn't even look at because they look the same. But once yeah. you start playing them, they have, like, interesting, unique gameplay features that just make it and not even just gameplay, like sound quality, graphic, you know, the, mm. the art style in things like um, Bastion, which I'm going to mention more later, you know. Just, yeah, well, you got to take a chance. That's kind of the uh, the genre where you can do that kind of a thing you know you can't really add a lot of uh you know a lot of uniqueness to a game where somebody's spending a hundred billion dollars on development yeah because it's too much of a risk i never played it but speaking of honorable mentions um super brothers sword and sorcery got a lot of uh a mm. lot of distance uh in 2011 and it, it is very much 8-bit 16-bit um art uh, i know nothing about the game i apologize all the fans um <laughs> but yeah it, it's I guess it's easy to look at the indie scene and say that there's a trend, a bit of a trend towards 8-bit graphics, but nevertheless, you know, try it out, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have played that Super Brothers, but um, it crashes on iPad 1s apparently, so yeah. I'm just living uh, in... I'm, uh, I've got an antiqu- antiquated fucking handheld thingy. Come on, dude. Thing. You can't be seen in public with that thing, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't even take... A, I can't take photos with it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hold up my iPad to the sunset. <laughs> like, seriously. No, but um, that's what I've been thinking. Sorry, we're going on a tangent here, but yeah, like I've been looking a lot at the I've been looking at a lot at the PSN lately, and just thinking, you know, they'd have so much more luck selling the selling the games of the people who develop for them if they lowered the prices like Steam do, because Steam are just doing it right. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and the do. PSN just overcharged. Like I Trine, I found, which is from 2009. I'll just mention it quickly. It's 15 bucks on PSN and three dollars thirty on Steam. So like, yeah. why would you? Yeah, that's right. 
Anyway. Games on Games on Demand on Xbox are exactly the same. I yes. think they just they just released uh, Transformers: Dark of the Moon for ninety nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what the fuck? You can buy that in a store for less. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. I, it's not even convenient. No, yeah. really. That's right. Anyway. Oh, Matt, what was uh, what was one of your game of the year for twenty eleven, mate? Um, Rayman Origins. I wrote a review for it and. Good I, it was actually, I think it's the only game that on our site has received 5 out of 5. That's Not right. that we've done a lot of reviews, but I gave it a 5 out of 5 because... Because you're just a big kid at heart. Oh, man, I got we got got sent it by Ubisoft, so I said, you know, they sent it to me for free, I'm going to give them 5 out of 5. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, no. I, um, I actually started playing. It's got drop-in, drop-out co-op for up to four people, so you can just be playing along, and someone can just go, oh... Sweet, looks fun. Pick up a controller, press start, and join in midway through a level, mm. and it's just fantastic. And if they yeah. go, this sucks, just quit out in the middle of a level, and you just keep playing. It really reminds me of the um, that height of 2D side-scrollers post-Sonic. So, you know, cool spot and, uh, you know, um, all that sort of thing. And mm. you remember the Aladdin platformer and, and the... Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Lion King one as well. But, um, you know, 2D platforming was just amazing. The art for Rayman just... Looks fantastic. Yeah, it's just yeah, pretty incredible. It's really beautiful, a really beautiful game, and at the same time, there's just so many different um, elements to it as you're playing. Like there's like 40 or 50 levels, and it it keeps you interested throughout. You know, just despite the fact that your friends can just ju- jump in. I played it with my girlfriend and her little sister, and we had a ball for about six hours. Just on you. That. That's the other thing as well, you know. I mean, there's having a house full of kids. Sometimes it's really hard for me to sit down and play games because they're just too violent. There's too much going on. They're too noisy, whatever. Um, but with games like that, you know, I can have my kids come in and play five minutes of this game and then piss off, and yeah, or they, they can sit there and watch it, it, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. There's nothing in there that's going to offend them. There's nothing in there I have to be really particularly worried about. Um, and you know, if they want to join, they can. And the best part, when you die in it, if you're playing co-op, when you die, you become a little bubble that floats around, and if you touch one of your teammates that's still alive, you immediately come back to life, mm. which is really good for people like little kids and stuff who suck at gaming. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. They can die, and they, they don't get a message on the screen saying game over immediately. Like You can kind of carry them without seeming like you're carrying them, I guess. True. Yeah. Which keeps it fun because they don't just, instead of like they die and go, oh, don't die, don't die, and try and get you so you can, they can come back to life. And, mm. you know, That's it's just a super fun game. If you if you can get it, get it. No matter the price, it's like, I think it's like 50 bucks or even less, probably 40 bucks at the moment. And man, it is so worth 40 bucks. There you go. Can't get much better than that. Yeah. Um, Tim, take the floor. Ah, well, hmm. uh, I know that uh, it's been a year of threes with, with Battlefield and Modern Warfare and Uncharted, etc. But uh, I'm looking at my list and even of my list of honourable mentions, and they're mostly twos, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, I pride myself in... Actually, it was totally random. Um, <laughs> one, I'll me- one I'll mention, I guess, uh, and, you know, it, it's a bit of a bit of a nice call out to the Aussie team who worked on it, but um, The Blob 2, I really enjoyed playing this year. 
Um, uh, local bands provided some awesome jazz and funk music for it. Um, it has a lot of that sound interaction with what you're doing changes the music that comes out mm. uh, and the sound that plays while you're playing. Um, bigger, better battle world than, than the first game. And a lot and... more vibrant too, I thought. Yeah. The, the colour scheme had been really upped, which was great. Yeah, it, it's a very rich game. And there are a lot of those subtle little jokes that I think anyone who's... um who's looked at it and, and seen it um, has has probably uh, had a good chat about. But, um, yeah, the, the little throwback to Tiananmen Square and, and <laughs> you know, religious sects and all that sort of thing, it, it wasn't too serious. Um, and at the same time, it was it was interesting to see those themes crop up in a game like The Blob. Mm. So um, a bit of a left-field choice, I guess. But, uh, you know, really disciplined design, didn't glitch out. It, it, you know, the difficulty, I guess... Um, there's only so much it has to offer, but you know, I still thought it, it it hit its beats really well and was paced out quite nicely. Excellent. Did anyone else play that? Because I wanted to, but didn't end up ever getting my hands on it. And I think it's only like thirty bucks or something now, and move compatible as well, which is just oh, really? fantastic. Yeah. Um. Actually, I wonder if the other one, the Xbox ones, connect. Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. At least you can play Fruit Ninja. Absolutely. (laughs) Has anyone got Fruit Ninja for Kinect on their Game of the Year list? Surprisingly. (laughs) No, but like Susie and I should because we played the shit out of that game. It was fantastic. (laughs) We still still do. And when people come over, it's like, yeah, yeah, you got to play Fruit Ninja. Oh, it's crazy. (laughs) What's that? um, What's the guy from Microsoft who's like the leader dude, CEO? No, oh, anyone? Sweaty guy. Anyone? I can't remember sweaty, his name. Sweaty, sweaty bald dude. Yeah. Steve Ballmer. That's yeah? yeah. Whatever. He's he's sitting there going, "Thank fuck for Fruit Ninja." That's right. <laughs> it, it has definitely saved Fruit. the Connect on many many bases. Yeah, and the Windows Phone, I think, as well. But anyway. <laughs> Harsh. Um. Yeah. Anyway, not that I hate Microsoft or anything. Just <laughs> platform bad, bad wars. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. So the Blob Two, awesome. Yeah, it was a good choice, actually. It was good. I, I completely overlooked it. And actually, my top three, I noticed, um, were you know, probably some of the, the bigger budgeted games of the year. And uh, I, I think at this stage, I'll probably start off with FIFA 12 because I, as anybody who's listened to the podcast ever before has heard that I love the FIFA games, love the sports games. Um, there was a few irritating things that they did in FIFA 12, just some of the little tweaks and additions, but... You know, just the ability... They do that every year. Yeah, they do, yeah. But the ability this year to, to, you know, jockey and and jostle someone off the ball and those types of things, I think it kind of dumbed it down compared to how how it was to be able to do the tackling last year, but it also took away a lot of the really frustrating, um, you know, just just you know, overstepping and, and, you know, tackling too early and those kinds of things that used to happen mm-hmm. in the game. So I loved what they did to FIFA 12 this year and I really enjoyed the game. Yeah. And I think it's, it's you know, it's always been a game that I've probably played the most of throughout the year. Anytime a mate comes around kind of thing, it's like, yeah, we'll have a game of FIFA and I'll chuck it on. It's always a staple and it's always there. So can't really it's, do that with it's Battlefield. It's always fun. Anyone can play it too. Like you don't even need to like soccer. Yeah, you find people who don't even like soccer can just pick up a controller. It's like, um, you know, union rugby union games back in the old days, like yeah. PS2 days, mm-hmm. where, where they're just so easy to control. That's I mean, right. FIFA 12 is a little bit harder because it, as it's moving more towards simulating rather than arcadey True. styles, but it's still 
fun enough that you can just do fluky shit and yeah that's right and you know have fun and have that moment of suspense when you take a shot is it going to go in or is someone going to block it or is something ridiculous going to happen like um a gaming site out there i don't know which one they do um youtube videos and they showed a clip of the week from a game not long ago that i was shown and it's fifa 12 and a guy takes a a penalty shot it was a penalty shootout he takes a shot the um the keeper jumps up to block it and it hits the crossbar yeah goes straight up in the air and it's out of the screen for a little while and (laughs) they're both they're both like oh what just like standing there not doing anything then it hits the ground and bounces into the goals <laughs> and it's a goal but both of the player characters uh, animations go like oh no as in one of them the keeper's like oh no a goal and the guy who kicked it's like oh no i missed it <laughs> so pretty funny yeah but, there's, there's yeah. a lot of those kinds of things in fifa and to be honest there's not a game that i play every year that doesn't make me laugh or that does make me laugh as much as fifa because there's yeah. so many little things in that. There's so many just little tweaks and little stupid things. And I mean, one of the things this year that they've they've replaced or you know added, I suppose, is the um the new uh, tackling and uh, and kind of ragdoll effect that it has. So mm. you know, whenever someone gets slide tackled, they actually do fall properly now, or a, a better you know, they, they used don't to. fall about two or three seconds after. Yeah, that's tackled. right. Um, and one of the things that they've done is they've given the people kind of a um like an aura type thing and if you touch the aura then they'll actually fall and you know there's been occasions where you know there'll be two players standing next to each other and one will touch the other one or bump the other one in the wrong way and then that person will fall but because they've fallen in an awkward way then the other player will fall over the top of them and then they're doing like this kind of um uh, leapfrog type effect over about three or four different times and they're just like bang, 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 bang falling over the top of each other and I just crack up. I just sit there laughing just, really hard at that and I think yeah. that's awesome. So It sounds like a buggy mess but it's so not. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. And some of the commentary and stuff like that is just classic. So yeah, yeah. FIFA gets a, a mention from me. Yeah, um, good stuff. To mix it up again, I'll, I'll throw back to Susie. What do you got there? What's your next one? Uh, my next one was uh, definitely Gears of War 3. Um, finally ending, you know, being the three part, I don't think there'll be anything new. And they've already had uh, a few DLC come out since. So, yeah, it's nice to tie things up neatly. And, <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. True. Did everyone so, play and... Gears? Hell I yeah. Sorry, I didn't play it, but I heard. Um, well, it didn't come out. I heard on Sony, so that'd be why. I've got a. Play, I've got an Xbox too, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. So no, I heard. <laughs> I heard that it has a lot of kind of new kind of things in it that change it up from the original two. That like, is that true? You know, little bits and pieces that are just maybe not new but improved greatly. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a big change in um, the weapons. Um, Oh, I can't even think of it right now. I think the heat's gotten to me. <laughs> but uh, one of the... Help me out, Tim. It's one of those pistols. Uh, the, yeah, there's... There's, there's a new a, Lancer as well. They've got the, the retro, retro Lancer. lancer. With, the, with the bayonet on the end. Look, yeah. the best... One of the things that I've always admired about Gears is how it attempts to engage you in the action. Um, the first one probably didn't sell me too closely on it, and the second one I didn't play for quite some time, actually, until uh, yeah, and, until Susie and I got into it. But the design of weapons in the third game, 
it, I don't know whether it, people might think this is bullshit and, and that's fine. But um, I found myself marveling in the equipment they give you and what it, what it, what you can do, what you find yourself taking risks to do. And when you pull it off, how good it is. And when you don't, how much you're punished for not evaluating the situation correctly. And uh, all the way from a sawn off shotgun, which is absolutely useless. And unless you're very, very close um, to the retro Lancer mm. with the bayonet, it, it's just, it's really good design. And I think the more human players you have playing with you um, and you really, the way Susie and I play is that um, I try and use weapons that she's not going to use so that we, we have a lot of ammo and we complement each other. Um, and I reckon oh, that's, the, that's so the best way. <laughs> that's why you two make the perfect yeah, couple. Until I, try to, <laughs> until I try to run and bayonet everything and keep dying and she has to come revive me. Yeah. And then she starts throwing controllers and having right. a fit. No. No, I played um, Gears of War 1 and 2 with my girlfriend, so I kind of want to get it. But kind of my Xbox friend ring the other day. people together, so. doesn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, Gears of War Three is a lot of fun. We have um, I have a Gears of War Three gaming night every week with a with a few friends of mine. We all get together and have a few drinks and play the Horde, where hey. um, which is awesome, awesome fun. You just we're yelling at each other from different rooms, telling each other where to go, and it's just madness. And it's, it's so much fun. I I'm a huge fan of the Gears of War games. Yeah, it, it's Fantastic. it's pretty awesome in in regards to getting you to work together if you, you are going to work together. I haven't spent any time in um uh in com- what do you call it uh versus multiplayer or whatever it is competitive multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of reserved that for Battlefield, but um yeah. But as as far as you know, teaming up with buddies and playing either horde mode or or the campaign, it's it's just phenomenal. Just a really good job, really great uh, third game. And I love the fact that Gears Three. Uh, also allowed for you to have the arcade or standard uh, campaign too. So um, it didn't. If you died, you just got points docked, or I think that's what it was. You just respawned after a while. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I thought that was pretty cool because it was a way of playing through, picking up things that you probably left behind the first time round, such as the collectibles or. Uh, the cog tags, but it gave it a little bit of a competitive edge, even for just you know, relaxing gameplay, whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah. <laughs> and just and just along with the refinements of the weapons, um, when you add on the arcade thing, and like I've always, I always say, and it's more or less true to some degree that I'm not a very competitive person, but when you find you, when you see your little rewards coming up because you've chained headshots or I don't, I don't know what it is, but you sort of feel like, yeah, it, it really rewards disciplined play, so you try to to be a little bit more accurate with your uh, with your gunfire and yeah, and yeah, you really don't want to um, wreck your combo by, I think, if you get revived, or is it if, if you die, you lose your combo, but what, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, I saw you. You just mucking around there with the the list of games. What what have you what have you done? You put one in, well, or well, basically we we're all we've all picked three. That was what we decided on, and then I just added a fourth. Because <laughs> just Penelope, man. Yeah, yeah. That's well, right. all all that talk about games coming in threes. I thought I'd add one that <laughs> is pretty fun. So what did you add? Uh, Saints Row the Third. I was actually going to put it on and then not because just iOS games make me like them but um, Saints Row the Third is another game in the Saints Row series that's just outrageous doing like 
if something's stupid, they'll have it in it. It's like, oh, what can we have as a weapon? Um, a three-foot-long dildo on a stick that wobbles as you run. Okay. <laughs> yeah, works. sweet. Um, what, Jesus. Uh, what, what can we have? We, you know, they, we've put jets in games. Let's have a, a vertical takeoff jet that shoots laser beams. Like, seriously, that how ridiculous. And you can just... It's got... Um, they've got a phone that you can use to um, to just call in. You know how in GTA and stuff, you'll put in a cheat, like, oh, I want to run around in a tank now, I'll put in the tank cheat. Yeah. And a tank just drops out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, in this, you, you can just grab the... Like, press your menu button, go to your phone, and call up a gang member to bring you a tank or a jet, and they just... Drive or fly it up right up to you, you know, no <laughs> cheats, fully legit. It's like, oh, Very here comes just my cause. Tank. Yeah, it's Very like, just cause yeah, too, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, and it's just fun. The story's fun. It makes fun of itself. And in a game like that, I guess that's what you need. You don't want to be taking it too seriously. But like, I I heard this mentioned on another podcast, but it, it sums it up pretty well. Um, in the first mission, basically, as soon as you start the game you're robbing a bank and you go um the guy go the person you're with goes oh shit that, that's the alarm oh look SWAT team's coming how long oh no how long is it going to take for our helicopter to arrive to get us out of here and the guy goes oh about two waves of SWAT teams <laughs> yeah so tongue firmly placed in cheek mm, so Ooh. it's pretty it's a great fun game i definitely recommend anyone who is not easily um, offended by things to get it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of prostitutes and dildo weapons and things of that Sounds nature. Sounds like Sydney. Anyway. There's actually a mission where you've got to save a pimp who's going to be in your gang from a S&M club. And there's a chase scene where he's in like a leather harness with a ball gag pulling a chariot. Like, he's the pony of the chariot. <laughs> and you're in the chariot whipping him, going faster, faster, and you're being chased by two more fucking gimps. Wow. Chariots. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. It's fun. So, yeah, great game. That's well, the, the, that was definitely a standout of the year for uh, for that kind of genre, I think, because there wasn't a lot out that kind of took the piss out of itself as much as that game did. So mm. that's definitely a good thing. Um, Chloe. Yep. Give us your second one. Alrighty, I've got here uh, uh, the new game Alice Madness Returns. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't, I haven't actually finished this game yet. I am playing it at the moment, but it's 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 yeah, it's just insane, really. It's really twisted, really weird. Um, the environment is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see what else is coming up. It's like uh, you'll be walking through some beautiful landscape with these weird pig flowers and things. And then the whole world will come crumbling down and there's, like, lava and volcanoes and you've got to try and get past all this insanity. It's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, it's a, it's really... not a game that I've played, but I've everything that I've seen on it, it does look amazing. It really does. They've done a great job with, uh, with you know, boosting the graphics on it. Yeah, if you, if you like, like, play, hearing a story about some twisted up chip, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that was the original Alice story, really. Like, yeah, it was warped as, and then Disney got their hands on it and kind of made it soppy and retarded. Mm-hmm. But and then and then Tim Burton made a joke out of it. So, um, 
Yeah, it's good to see. And three D joke. Mm. Yeah, which was kind of good of him. But um, yeah, I'm I'm keen to get that and the PlayStation version because PlayStations are the bomb. Comes with the original <laughs> Alice game. Yeah, yeah it, it comes with the original Alice game as well, which is, is why I haven't played it yet because I want to get it on PS3. Steam's got it cheaper, obviously, but I want to play it on PS3 because I want to play the original first. And um, yeah, I agree about the graphics of it as well. You've been posting screenshots on Facebook. I've seen I Chloe, have. and I man, can't see myself. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So. Mm. Nice. Um, Tim, I, I, I noticed you were playing around with your uh, the, the listing of yours. Is, has yeah. one just crept up, has it? I, I just I just shuffled it around oh. because um, I, I probably don't have much to say about this one. If other people have played it, um, uh, I guess you can discuss it. But uh, some, some of the listeners might be expecting Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution to appear in there. Um, I actually <laughs> am one of those people who... Never played the first one, and uh, yeah, they, it, aside from the boss battles, which I think everybody can excuse because apparently it was outsourced, and and we all know the story behind that. Um, I, I don't know. Did it, did anyone here play Deus Ex at all? Yeah, I did. I, I played it. Um, I think I mentioned it on the show once, but I, I played it <laughs> in a couple of sittings. I, I sat down the first time, and I thought, you know, I very rarely, if I'm going to play a game to discuss or to review or something like that i want to try and get through the storyline as quickly as i can so i put it on easy um with this i didn't have to it was just a game that i picked up and i thought all right well i'm going to put it on hard i'm going to give it a good crack and see how i go i played it on the on the xbox sorry and um i put it on hard and i hated myself for doing it every time i walked (laughs) around a corner i'd die Every time I saw an enemy in the distance, I'd get shot in the face. Um, I thought I was just the most unlucky person in the entire world, but it was just terrible. Like, I'd unload a clip onto a dude that was standing right in front of me, and nothing would happen. And then he'd turn around and kind of look at me and just go, huh, and shoot me in the face once, and I'd be dead. Um, And then I'd have to sit through the kind of... 45 seconds to a minute of load screen in between you know dying and then restarting and then go back to the checkpoint so you'd have to go through whatever you'd been through again and i just cracked the shits i hated it um i played for about an hour one night and got about 10 minutes into the story um which i was very very disheartened with but uh then i put it back to normal and it was actually quite an enjoyable game so <laughs> I, I figured from now on, hard's just way too hard for me. <laughs> I'll never do that Did, again. Was it noticeable to you the element of choice in how you can approach things? And did it feel like it mattered? Um, Could be a load, loaded question there, but anyway. In some ways, I mean, I, I didn't I, I, I didn't finish the game. I probably only put maybe uh, six hours into it, I suppose. So maybe about half the game, I reckon. Sure. Um, so I, I guess I never actually really got to a point where, you know, some of the choices I'd made early in the game made a difference. So mm. I don't, I don't, it, it wasn't glaringly obvious that that was the, the, the decisions that I was making. But I also noticed in the beginning of the game, um, it was very linear. You didn't have a lot of choice in what you were doing. Um, mm. So, I mean, maybe that changed further on in the game. But, you know, like I said, I, I probably didn't put enough into it. 
So it will be a good one to go back and play. It's definitely on the list of uh, you know of shame that I've got there. But that's a fucking long list, and this one's far <laughs> from the top. So yeah, unfortunately, maybe maybe one for our listeners to discuss if uh, if they've had a play. Who who haven't we had a second game from? Is it uh, you, Lucas? Uh yeah, yeah. At the moment, um, once again, as I said, you know some of the AAA titles that I chose, um, Uncharted Three. Um, I loved the Uncharted series. And this one was no exception. Uncharted 3, uh, pretty much, you know, it, it filled all the gaps. It, it let you understand some of the relationships between some of the characters. Um, a lot of it was actually, you know, or parts of it anyway, were set back when um, when he was a child. So it was, it was kind of interesting to play through some of those you know, early childhood um, kind of Building the relationships between um, Drake and Sully and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, it was it was really good graphically. You know, it was what you expect from an Uncharted. It was a big step up from the last one, but um, was it were the childhood memories him climbing on jungle jungle gyms or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pretty funny actually. It was it would have been maybe twelve or thirteen, I reckon, um, and yeah, it was. It was him still, you know, jumping up and down the sides of buildings and all that kind of crap like he does now. But there was actually a an, a sense of of caution, I suppose, because he was a kid compared to when he's an adult. So and he just like, does stupid shit because he can just reload. Yeah, well, that's right. His <laughs> checkpoint. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh dear. But it was good. I, about, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was great. What about the story? Because I've, I mean, obviously, Un- Naughty Dog do a great job with their games, and Uncharted One and Two were probably two of my favourite games of all time on the PlayStation because they're just so much. They're just fun, yeah. and um, the depth. story in them is mm. just fantastic. So, but I've heard a lot of people saying that the story in Uncharted Three was not as good as the second one. Well, I did actually find myself getting bored in sections of it i don't know if it's because um the they had to extend the game so they actually made the gameplay slightly longer um or if it was just a case of you know there's the the plot points aren't as deep so therefore we don't have to you know emphasize them as much in certain sections um so it, it was kind of a i don't know it, it did drag out at some bits but mm. they couldn't really not i guess you know, because yeah. you know, they had to make... I mean, there was also some things that Uncharted uh, you know, are in a league of their own with as well, like you know, frustration-wise and buggy-wise and things like that, that really, I guess, also extend the gameplay as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's this one bit where you know, everything's set to the clock. You've got five minutes or whatever it is, two minutes to get out of this burning mansion type thing. And... Um, yeah, you, you, you're running around and it's it seems almost linear. You know, you're going through, you've got to go to that door, you've got to get to that section, you've got to jump over this because that's about to fall. You know, all that kind of shit that's very you know, Uncharted-like, yeah. Um, but then I'd got to a room and it was quite open and a lot of the, the, the walls, I suppose, it was almost like an entire floor of this mansion. A lot of the walls were burnt down and you could see through sections and stuff like that. And no shit i ran around this this level of this building probably a good maybe five six maybe seven deaths because i'd get up there and i'd only have like you know a minute and a half to get out or a minute to get out and i'd just keep running trying to find a door and i couldn't and then i'd die 
and um, yeah. it was really yeah. pissing me off. And it happened on a lot of occasions, not not as much as that one did. But you know, you get to a section, it's like, where the fuck do I go? And that sucks. Yeah, Uncharted may well be worth a whole other discussion because you know I adore a lot of things about the game, and I'm playing through the third one at the moment, but. Two things, I don't know, maybe it is just a purely personal thing, but I'm allergic to the combat in Uncharted. Yes. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. Yeah, it's the um, same it, as the first two, isn't it? I mean, they haven't really done anything well, with it. Well, it's not as bad as the first. The first was the worst by far. Yeah. Um, not not just the, the core mechanics of doing combat, but just how much combat you're expected to do. Yeah. And and it's real bad at, at showing you, like... Uh, I, I I hate to quote Yahtzee, but he did say it, that you walk into a room and it's filled with chest high walls. What do you think you're going to be doing in yeah, there? You know, it, right. it's just not very uh, very succinct, especially given how good other things are. But um, the other main issue I have, yeah, with, with mo- all three probably at the moment is that they're not the best at doing pressure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the pressure is an illusion, so you you have more time where you may be given to think that you don't. Yeah. And sometimes the pressure is real, and the cues for what you should do are not good enough. Yeah, that's a totally real delicate agree. thing. It's it's, and for all I know, I'm I'm just being nitpicky because the rest of the game is so amazing, and it really is. The production values are exceptionally high, but. Mm. It just makes these these little uh, weaknesses all the more glaring, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah but, I, I, man, I hate the combat in Uncharted. And Uncharted 3 so far might be topping it off as the one I dislike the most, just because of how much of it there is. Um, mm-hmm. In Uncharted 2, I think there was really only one or two moments where I thought... Huh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's my buzzer, folks. I've said enough. No. <laughs> well, you can keep going. I, I definitely Sorry. agree no, with all a, of that. I, do, I really agree with it, but I still, you know, it's still one of probably my favourites for this year. So, yeah, well, I've I got to put it on there. I was going to say about you said that there, there was a lot of character development. My phone's on silent now. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, with Sully and Drake, but one of the things that I've also, like I haven't played it yet, I'll probably grab it off you and we can have a longer discussion at another time. But um, I've heard that there's, it's a bit like, you know, you get to the end of the second one and there's this whole, the whole romance between Elena and Drake. Mm -hmm. And then the next one you would imagine would continue from that point. It's like hard to pinpoint where they are in comparison to each other because you would, you would think that they would, you'd start, in, with a romantic involvement, but it doesn't. It builds up again through the game. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? It certainly seems to be. Yeah, yeah. They're, it, they're very distant at the start. A little bit flirty, yeah. but they are still distant. Not like how it finishes right at the end of number yeah. two, where they're like, "Oh my god, I love you so much." Yeah, exactly. You saved my fucking life from giant <laughs> green monsters that are like nearly invulnerable. <laughs> Oh, I think that's the other thing issue I have with uh, with all the Uncharted games is yes. their forehead slapping moment of the oh my god zombies oh yeah. look this is one of oh, his men fuck. but he looks like all zombied and shit oh, yeah. I don't know it's just that's yeah. anyway, with Drake's yeah. fortune that was just oh man I was like this game is so fucking fun it's awesome and then I'm like what Nazi face and zombies what? <laughs> and it's like you're yeah. doing so good man you're turning into Crystal Skull why. <laughs> Anyway, God save it for another it. night. There's, there's a big yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll do the uncharted charted episode. That's right, <laughs> exactly. So, so next, we've got a. I've just had a quick look at the uh, at the list. We've got a couple of um, 
you know, small uh, uh, indie iOS games. Uh, Matt, kick us off with one of those. Um, all right, well, Jetpack Joyride, obviously. I mean, there's there's that, and I've got in honourable mention Spy Mouse, okay? So Jetpack Joyride was half-brick. You know, they're in Brisbane, obviously, half-brick. And Spy Mouse was Firemint, who are in Melbourne, both Aussie developers, both topping the charts in iTunes with their previous games, Fruit Ninja and Flight Control or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're just keeping it going this year. I mean, Jetpack Joyride was building on the mechanic from Monster Dash, which is, you know, your generic runner, except with um, Barry Steak Fry's character from um, Age of Zombies. And which was their other game, which was a twin stick shooter. But anyway, Jetpack Joyride is just it. You would, when they announced it, they announced it as Machine Gun Jetpack, and it was just like, okay, this is just the same old shit. How is it going to be fun? But somehow they've managed to make just such a fun game with all the you know you collect coins in it, and then you can buy power ups and buy different jetpacks, and there's leaderboards. And it's all your usual iOS kind of stuff, but somehow it is the most addictive freaking game ever. <laughs> like the number of times my boss has said, Matt, stop fucking playing on your iPad and get back to work at lunch because I've had like an extra 10 minutes on my lunch break. <laughs> it's like, oh man, half break, you bastards. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if any of you guys have played Jetpack Joyride, but I think it's free at the moment, possibly. They, it was free for a little while for Christmas. Um, it might still be. I'll have to go and check that out because yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I should oh, man, go and check can't it out. Believe it. It, even if it's not free, it's only 99 cents. So oh, that's right. There's no excuse. Support Aussie developers. So get there and do it mm. now. Does any, has anyone else played it or are we just going to go on my um, um, swelling enthusiasm? I think I wrote a review on it with you guys. Oh, yeah. You, that was your first article for us. When I first heard of it, I was a bit worried that it was just another generic game. Like, there was a really old game back in the day. It was just called Helicopter or something. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly the same thing where you clicked a button, and when you clicked the button, the helicopter would go up. When you let go of the button, the helicopter would go down. And I thought, oh, it's just another copy of that. But um, they... they they just did it better, pretty much. Um, had a great opportunity to have listened to a talk with all the guys at Half Brick at um, in in Melbourne, and they said that they were aware that that mechanic had been done before, but they just made it better. And that was their explanation. Everyone was like, "Oh, all right." Fair <laughs> can't complain. Can't argue. And I was like, "Oh well, respect." They know that, that it's been done before. They just improved on it and. You know, it worked for them, so good for them. It did. I think it was, um, I think it's like number four on the top ten on iTunes, in Australia at least, anyway. That's that's a pretty much says it all. That's a pretty good effort there. Well, and Firemint Spy Mouse, which we, we won't talk about too much, but it was, uh, it actually knocked Angry Birds off number one on the iTunes list for a little while there, so. No, not bad. I haven't really heard much of Spy Mouse. Yeah, it's, it's... It's mechanics of flight control, except with a mouse, and you have to collect the cheese and not get axed by cats. <laughs> so it's it's a little like puzzly, more like flight control gets a bit hectic as you play through it. More and more planes are coming, and it, you just got to be working flat out to 
get further in the game. Whereas yeah. Spy Mouse has a lot of waiting and patience, you know, as you follow the path that the cat's going on so you don't get fucked up. And then the sa- satisfaction of, like, your hair, motherfucker. You know. <laughs> Eat it, cat. Nice. You didn't get me. You know, but when when you just run to a mouse hole and a cat like slams into the wall and it's like God damn it, and you're like yes, <laughs> this is the one hundredth turn on this level and I finally did it. <laughs> In that the moment, the first folks, level, it's so. uh, one of the most immersive games ever made. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, great game, and it's the it only takes you like a minute to do a level, even less. So it's great for like. You know, if you're in a queue at the shops, you can pull it out, have a quick game of Spy Mouse. So yeah, a perfect iOS game, I reckon. Those those little like one minute minute toilet break ones as well. Mm. Um, Tim. Yeah. I've been looking at this uh, this thing on <laughs> on your list here, <laughs> and I can almost guarantee you're the only one that's played this, except for maybe Susie, who would have gone, Su- "What the hell is that? Give me a go." Su- Susie's seen it. Oh, and, there you uh, go. <laughs> No, I didn't, of... I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. <laughs> After a couple of days, she did start talking to me again. Um, <laughs> but uh, Rhythm Team Goku Fever. Okay, uh, he, there is a version of Rhythm Team Goku that was released on DS called Rhythm Heaven. Uh, Rhythm Team Goku started on GBA, and I actually have the original game, which is awesome. It is a one-input or one-button game. Um, on a DS, it's tapping uh, with Rhythm Tengoku Fever on Wii. You just, I think you, you only use the A button on the controller. Um, it's a rhythm game. It's all about timing. And it sort of a little bit comes from the WarioWare School of Design, where you have all these really tiny examples of, uh, of interactions and, and things to do. It's very musical in nature. And, you know, it, it's usually about tapping out a rhythm and listening to cues and then changing what rhythm you input uh, and you, you grade it on the timing that you do. It, it's just like a lot of rhythm games, playing it really becomes its own reward. So you don't really do it, do it for score. Um, and it, I, I really like to, to mention it in the same sentence as Tiny Wings because it really is one input, but the, the lengths that, that which they get out of, you know, just having one control uh, are just amazing. And I, I just love it. I really enjoy it. Um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of one of those crazy Japanese games where there's a lot happening and it can uh, look and feel overwhelming in, at the time, and, and that's part of it. So uh, yeah, I, I really love it. Oh, I can I can guarantee that uh, you know, it it might be good, but it's probably not a game that I know I've ever heard of or played at this point. But uh, look, yeah. as someone who's play, played and uh, my my other best friend who. Um, plays this sort of thing as well you know we have played a lot of games and we appreciate games of all walks of life and when you come across something like this and something like tiny wings or like i always like to go on about um that game company's flower on psn you know it's just a wonderful thing to have happen and to be able to experience because yeah you've got your fps's platformers rpgs and there's nothing wrong with those they're they're wonderful games um and then when something quirky comes out of the left field uh, it, it can be a really great experience too so yeah, uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for, for that crazy shit. <laughs> well, the fact that it's on your top three actually really almost drags me to try and uh, to get a copy of it and have a go. Mm. So how hard it is it? It almost makes me want to think about... 
Um, if you want to play the Wii version, you may need to uh, do some unmentionable things to your console uh, or import a Japanese <laughs> one. But, oh, okay. But um, Rhythm Heaven is definitely around. I think it's for 30 bucks in the JB bargain bin. Oh, um, it's a DS game. Yep. Uh, either that or look up some really cute videos on YouTube and see how you go. I still have my GBA cartridge somewhere. Uh, uh, which I love, and I hope I haven't lost. So yeah, I think it. I think it's keeping a table from wobbling somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm just kidding, mate. Just kidding. <laughs> now, um, before we move on to you know a couple of the the, the last ones, I noticed Chloe and I have got some big names written down there. Um, Susie's gone with a DLC pack. I've gone with several actually. Oh. It's sort of the whole the whole shebangabang for. Uh, Fallout New Vegas and all the DLC because all of that uh, got completed this year too. I think the first one was actually released towards the end of December last year, so sort of borderline 2010, 2011, but certainly the last three uh, were 2011, and it really, um, true to Fallout lore, it really tied up a few loose ends there, um, made it interesting, Um you could certainly tell the difference between the the four DLC. Some were a lot easier to do. Some, uh, I think, one of them took me about two hours to do, and another one took me about three weekends. So, <laughs> it's a big difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were great. Uh, that would be my standout for it because I just I don't want I just want the game to live forever. <laughs> were they as, bi- <laughs> as buggy as the original, or did they uh, did they seem to sort a lot of that crap out? A lot of it seemed to be sorted. I mean, there's there's a few basic things when it comes to, to playing Fallout New Vegas or even Fallout 3, um, particularly on the Xbox, and that is never rely on your autosaves. Mm-hmm. Save it manually, mm-hmm. reboot, you know, reload your file from your own save, and that should prevent a lot of bugs. Uh, and also playing it for three, four hours straight tends to slow it down. So if you notice that it's lo- loading slow and... Um, you, you'll get a feel for it. I always just used to go back to the dashboard, start again, and found that that hardly had many problems. There were a few little things, but uh, not as frustrating as people probably thought. But yeah. I think some people probably gave up by then. Well, see, I'd find that really annoying. I mean, not that I ever play games for more than three or four hours in one stretch, but um, you know, I would find that with a game like Fallout, you know, three or four hours just passes like minutes and then you get to that point where it'd be kind of like oh wow it's going really slow what the hell's going on i've only just started um and then you'd have to go and get out and go back in again it's um yeah that's that type yeah. of game i suppose so. that's that's yeah a bethesda game yeah well that's true <laughs> yeah well speaking no, fallout's just I, i'm just finally on that it's i've always found with new vegas the way it looked the way it played um the history behind it actually made up for all the bugs and glitches mm. like i was able to see beyond all that and really loved the game for what it was so but that's my opinion you know, some people <laughs> <laughs> probably feel a bit differently but uh it, it truly was amazing for for really what it is mm-hmm. yep mm. well speaking of bethesda games that have a few issues matt you put down bastion uh, Bastion is not uh, Bethesda game. And I was hoping I'd throw everybody with that one. Uh, yeah, I'm... mostly yourself. <laughs> I constantly throw myself out of conversations. Yeah, well, I suppose since the only two that aren't 
um, coloured in red now on our list are probably the... Oh, man, they might be the best two games of the year. Well, in my I'll opinion, throw that out there. yeah, that's why I put but, um, uh, Bastion to get rid of that one yeah, first. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get rid of Bastion. Well, Bastion is one of those games where you make a conscious decision to buy the soundtrack for it. Now, have you ever had that? Because generally most people are like, yeah, good soundtrack, Torrent. Now, Bastion's an indie game, so I'm quite willing to pay the on on special on Steam now for six bucks Mm. uh, soundtrack, official soundtrack, because this game has, like, okay, so the first thing of it is that it's just completely different. You are... I don't. I just can't even describe it. I'm retarded. The okay. So I might as well continue down the track I was on. The soundtrack is phenomenal. As you play through it, the music is just perfect for everything, every scene. When the, the little changes in the music to let you know that there's monsters coming. You know, that's just really well done. And uh, you know, there's a, there's songs in it like with lyrics and everything that are just phenomenal perfect for the game it's basically a kind of post-apocalyptic world where something called the calamity has happened and basically <laughs> turned half the population into stone and wrecked half the world and then there's these monsters getting around that are just weird and um <laughs> as you're as you're running it's like you're running on floating platforms and as you go the uh, platforms sort of fly up from underneath you and and like build the path as you're walking on it so it's just really really interesting like to find little secret areas where there's little gems to pick up that you wouldn't normally find you know because you can't see them until you walk close to them and the path appears before you like you just think oh that's just air like there's nothing there you walk over the path appears and just the oh man it's just fun and it's it's also a Steam game, which is cheap, you know, mm. so... It well, sounds interesting. I, I know um, you may not have done it justice there with your uh, description yeah, of it. It sounds very hard to describe. I'm, I'm probably I'm probably getting some ADD happening where I'm losing com- concentration uh, with this. Look, a couple of notes on Bastion. It's a nice symmetric 2D um, hand-drawn art game. Um, yes, it, it the is art is very, fucking beautiful. It is I beautiful. I say that. And one, uh, one thing that um, some old-timers from GameSpot, probably about the time I stopped reading GameSpot, Greg Casavin was the senior editor there, and he left to join Supergiant Games, and he has written Bastion. So yeah. that's um, apparently the, that, that part of it and the story part of it and the narrator, etc., yes. as, as well as the dynamically forming world, uh, are a real delight to see and play through. Yeah. So I'm very tempted. I'm not too sure whether I'm 1,200 MS points tempted, but... Um, hmm. Yeah, well, I'll see how we go, but uh, I'm it, very interested to play it. It's it's not um, resource heavy on your PC if you want to get it on Steam. Oh yeah. And um, if you give me a second, I can just look it up and see how much it is. Um, Five dollars <laughs> and nine cents. There you go. Wow. So, and um, yeah, you mentioned the narrator. That was probably the number one thing I should mention because that's just so awesome. You'd start the game right. And your character's laying on this bed, and the narrator's talking you through it, and, and your guy's called the kid. And then it goes, you like, you press, it says on the screen, you get a little prompt saying, you know, press a button to make your character move, like tells you the directional buttons. And so you press something, and then the narrator goes, 
the kid gets up out of bed with like this real <laughs> westerny kind of deep voice and then he you're like it says oh you know this this is a destructible item you can smash it with your sword and then you smash it and then there's heaps of them so you just go oh fuck it i'm gonna just smash them all and then it goes like the kid takes out his rage randomly on like piles of shit <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like so cool man you gotta play it it's cool and for five bucks again that's another game that's just so worth the price yeah so i would definitely that man it's pretty close to being my game of the year like beyond the next two that we're going to talk about because it's just so different to anything mm. oh well, yeah, there you go I just love that it. sounds good so, I, I definitely want to check that one out so Hopefully we can talk about that one in, in the next couple of weeks. Anyway. Yeah, and like earlier on in the night when I'm not babbling stupidly. <laughs> <laughs> so we we didn't talk about this beforehand, uh, and I guess I've kind of steered it that way. Um, being my two probably biggest games of the year, um, Chloe, you put down um, Skyrim. Uh, Elder yes. Scroll, obviously. Um, you have played it and finished it. Uh, I have not finished it. I've decided with uh, this game because I played the Oblivion game that I was going to take my my goddamn time with it. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing every single tiny little task that needs to be done by every wow. single person in every single town. It'll so, never end. Then you you realise that. And yes, <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun. The only thing I have against Skyrim is that goddamn arrow to the knee joke that's yeah. going around now. <laughs> makes yeah. me curl inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get to my age, uh, Chloe, you can pretty much go through most of your life still not knowing what that is because I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's great. Is, it's is, great. Is, but then you sort of forget where you put your keys and your teeth, so I guess there's that side of it. <laughs> <laughs> you put them in the arrow in yeah. your knee. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the developers were so busy making a massive game that they forgot to script more than three comments for the guards to make when you walk past them. That's the joke. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Every guard you walk past goes, I used to be an adventurer like you, and then I took an arrow through the knee. Yeah. Every right. single one and, says it. Yeah, it's so like So, of course, when people are fed up of the repetition in the game, they naturally have to take that repetition to social media. Yes. Of course, yes. I understand yes. now. Yeah. It's, it's the new generation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like how how awesome do you feel when you kill a dragon? It's just mm. yeah. it is really awesome. You just feel so good about yourself. That's true. And you're mm. you're actually pretty on the money with that um, about it taking you forever, literally, because that game has infinitely um, it it has like an infinite quest system where yeah. it's just forever coming up with new random quests for you. So you, you can you could literally play it forever and never finish it if you just did side quests. Exactly, yeah. I've got I've got a friend of mine who's already logged almost 200 hours on the game. Wow. It, it just keeps going and going. Yeah. i kind of given up. I mean, it's, be- it's a beautiful game, and I love it, and I would love to have the patience to keep playing it. And I probably, like, I'm not saying I'm not going to go back to it, but oh, I turn it on, and I'm just like, fuck, there's so many options of what to do. I'm just going to go play a $2 indie game on my PC. <laughs> I think with, with games like Skyrim and like pretty much the Elder Scroll games, you, you get your money's worth. There is hundreds of hours worth of gameplay in these things. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just keep going and it costs like, I think from $100 down to, I think I got mine for like 45 bucks. That must have been an import. 
Um, I don't know. It was like an online gaming site. It was totally legal. Very legal. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I didn't do anything naughty. But, um, I got mine for 63, and that was from JB Hi-Fi about like a week after it came out. So that was nice. Uh, it was good for that. But, I mean, for me, my major issue, and I've, I've mentioned it before, um, having kids and a job mm. and all that kind of stuff, um, I struggle to put more than you know a couple of hours into most games unless they're really, really good. That's why I thought um, Homefront was awesome because it was like a 22-minute game, uh, and then it was over. It was awesome. Um <laughs> Are you fucking serious? (laughs) (laughs) It it was serious. Like, I played it in, I think, two sittings, and then I finished it. I I was like, God damn. Kids must have been sleeping for ages, but no, they weren't. I can't help but notice that you didn't include that on your 2011 Game of the Year list. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, with Skyrim, I I have definitely put in uh, a lot of hours compared to most games, and it's really enjoyable, and Mm. I love... Like you mentioned, you know, killing a dragon is an awesome feeling. I think for me, killing the dragon was an awesome feeling because it was so fucking frustrating. It took me ages, and I really had to use the other people that were in the environment to actually, you know, take the dragons down and all that kind of stuff. And that's I, what makes it so interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely, it becomes bigger than just you yeah. playing a game against the bad guy and having to kill the boss all the time. And you know, they come on randomly sometimes, or they seem to. Um, and then, you know, they hang around so you can go back and check out the bones as trophies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, uh, that was that's an cool. interesting bug that I found. I uh, I was in that, I don't know what the fir- that first town that you go to, the little fishing village or whatever, it's got a wood, wood mill or something in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, a dragon landed on one of the buildings there and, uh, you know, I fought it and then killed it, obviously, and the bones were right dead in the middle of the main path of the town so people had to just run around it all the time all the npc citizens had to go around it and i went into the tavern for something walked out and as it's loaded the the area the bones dropped in as they were loaded (laughs) and and just were like it was like a a skeleton dragon walking down the street because it was just like ragdolling down the street (laughs) it's this weirdest thing People getting crushed under it and everything. It's great. Uh, whatever happened to the Morrowind uh, bug where all your items you picked up turned into bread? I missed that one. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, look at this awesome thing. Oh, bread. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah, but that, yeah, that's another game where they, you know, random things in it completely change the experience. And I think you'll you could easily play 200 hours and then see something that you or none. Neither you or any of your friends has seen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's possible. Yeah. Or you can just get bored and just do whatever you want for 20 minutes an hour. Just <laughs> run around, Fusro da or whatever. Yeah, just Fusro da everything. It's yeah. Whatever you want. The other so, thing, I guess, one of the the negatives for me was how scripted a lot of the stuff was. Um, like you'd you'd walk into like a safe spot, for instance, you'd load it. Um, you'd walk into a cave, and you'd get attacked at the same time by the same things over and over and over again if you got to a certain point and died before the next checkpoint. And I'd kind of thought that I'd just... I hadn't even thought about it, I suppose, but after a little while I was like, this should not happen like this constantly. Uh, With a game this big and a game, you know, that's 
just so massive in every single way, I would have thought that they would have had some kind of randomness to the way things happen so that it's not always happening the same. Um, but, I mean, that, that's a small thing, really, in the, the, uh, in the grand scheme of things because it's not really the type of thing you go through all that much. You very rarely go through the same areas or have to fight through the same people, you know, or you can just change your mind and go somewhere else if it gets annoying. So, you know, that was just a small thing, but still didn't take away from the, the overall gameplay. So Yeah, it's one of those games where you just... It's so massively great that you find yourself picking things that are shit in it that yeah. are bad in it just yeah. so so you have something to talk about and then it, it sounds like it was a crappy game you know, you know games right. like that like uncharted 3 yeah i heard about that one it sucked apparently yeah. um everyone reckons that sucked oh la noir man people jump out of the way when i run over them worst game ever <laughs> <laughs> i loved la noir when the uh the npc dudes would would you know drive in the car like you go up and you press y to get around the other side and he'd drive and um there was cut scenes where like he'd drive off the, up the street and smash into another car or something <laughs> he just kept talking like nothing had happened he's like yeah and then we went and did this and i saw this and he smashes into another car and causes like a pile up and he just keeps talking about the same shit there's no change and as he reverses out and goes around the other yeah. car it cracked me up a couple those of 1940 cops they don't even care <laughs> that's right they don't give a shit it's great um, so next one yeah the last one that we have on our list is one that i um you know as soon as we actually got on the hookup i said I want this one as, as my number one, not for any reason apart from the fact that I made sure it was in the thing. Um, Battlefield 3. Um, mm-hmm. This, I've got it on the on the PlayStation and on the PS3. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> the PS3 and the PC. Um, <laughs> this... I've got it on my PS3, the PlayStation 3, and the... <laughs> and the Sony. P, it's a PlayStation 3 <laughs> yeah, and the Sony. Um, it, it has been by far, the, since the day it came out, the game that I have not stopped thinking about. I fucking love this game. Um, as frustrating and as annoying as it can be, um, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing from the graphics to the sound to the interaction. Um, you know, some of the the loading of, of some of the maps takes a little bit too long, but you know, it it just to me is just the ultimate multiplayer game. They've put so much into this that it it is just so perfect as a shooter and as a multiplayer. So that's that's my thoughts out of the way, I guess. And that's Battlefield Three. That's right, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, um, Susie, obviously, you, you've talked about it before. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I am very very tempted to say that. In uh, in months and maybe even years following, um, Frostbite 2 is probably a little bit more significant a development than Battlefield 3. Um, oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good game. It's a good game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to figure out. I, I haven't really thought through it yet, but um, I find myself yearning for some of the maps of Bad Company 2. Um, and yeah, some of the unlocks are a little bit... I don't know. Nah, you know it, it, it is a solid package. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, mm. And yeah, I just hope they get a little bit better crafting single player campaigns as as part of the whole package. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Battlefield Two didn't even have one. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. But well, Battlefield has always been a, a multiplayer. A multiplayer. That's right. A, a yeah. core yeah. multiplayer game. Um, and in that respect, I guess Battlefield Three is still great. 
Um, you know, we have Australian servers now. We have a server browser, which is which is pretty good. Um, there are some other UI decisions that I, I don't quite like, but you know, maybe that's just comes down to aesthetics. Um, but it's yeah, uh, look, seeing Frostbite two in action, um, especially the lighting at night and transitions between being indoor and outdoor in the sun during yeah. the day is pretty impressive. Oh, um, there's a, there's a lot of very small things happening in Frostbite 2 that are dead set amazing. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what's going to come like you said for the next 2 or 3 years because yeah, it's it's a very very strong engine and it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um Command and Conquer Generals 2 that was announced. I think it was only first announced at the Spike VGAs. Yeah. No. Um, at that time by Bioware that's coming out that's going to be using the Frostbite 2 engine oh there you go and Need for Speed the run did which was just I can't believe that wasn't on your game of the year list as well Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> all, all yeah, three hours of it that's right yeah no I mean that was okay but uh, yeah it's it was a driver I suppose mm. and and there wasn't any on our list of drivers this year so out of out of that and um and fours are four. Well, I suppose. that's uh, that's on the honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Since, mm. since I mean, we've talked about Battlefield Three enough, don't you think? I mean, yes. I played it and I like it. I am not very good at it, <laughs> but I don't really squad with people. I've got an awesome headset, but no one else does yeah. on PlayStation Three. So <laughs> well, that has got to be one of the uh, best things. I mean, I've been over to a mate's place, and you know, four of us will get into a room. Um, and it, it's very nerdy because there's four dudes all sitting very tightly in, in a little com, you know compact room, all with headphones on, talking to each other through <laughs> microphones. Um, mm. And uh, it it is just it is really just amazing to do it because when you've got a squad of four people and you are all in the same spot, um, it's fucking great. I mean, you can turn around and say to your mate next to you, behind that wall, there's a dude that's just killed me. Um, you know, just little things like that and. It, it just makes the game so much more Im- impacting when you're really within that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the inbuilt stuff in Origin and you know for voice chat and all that kind of shit is not very good. Um, so it kind of makes a big difference. I mean, I've done it over Skype as well, where there's been four or five of us all playing the game. So we get Skype to do the voices and the chat because it actually is a lot more solid. So that, that can work if, if you're having a problem with, with the Origin voice mechanic but anyway um that's battlefield we'll get on to the honorable mentions and then we'll wrap up well, the show i think be, before we hit the honorable mentions i've i have tweeted earlier that we were recording this and uh asked if anyone had any comments or whatnot and um sir blander said that mortal Kombat was his game of the year <laughs> so playing with a controller great playing it with mortal Kombat arcade sticks playgasm so wow. I was there. I was there when he got them. Yeah, they're yep. very, very nice sticks. He likes sticks. Yeah, no, I I agree. That game is extremely fun. So I wish it was legal here. Yes, and I guess I'm I'm just more morally correct than some people because I don't have it. So I listen to our government. Whatever. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, and Giselle from IGDA Melbourne said Jetpack Joyride. There you go. Covered. So, well done. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. And I don't know if anyone emailed us because I... No, well, Biggie, pretty... Biggie said Forza. 
Um, I mean, he's a, he's a big um, car guy, so he loves his driving games. And, you know, Forza, <laughs> by far, solidified itself as the best racing game on any console, I think, this year. Um, it, it absolutely blitzed the GT series this year. So, And, I mean, for God's sake, it could be another 15 years before another GT comes out. So we'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, agreed that Forza was an amazing driving game. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the um, all the updates to Gran Turismo 5 to get... And it's actually... I think it's one of the highest-selling games for, on the PS3 of all time. Number five? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's because everybody... I might have just made that up. PS3 people are all crazy, obviously. <laughs> no, just, it's, just it's because... Uh, it's just a ridiculous game. I mean, I don't play racing games. I know people who, and it, not ridiculous is in the games ridiculous, but like the following of it, people go out and mm. spend so much money on steering wheels and seats and stuff just for the one game. There's people out there with PlayStations only for that game mm-hmm. and or, or that series of games, and it's just phenomenal, the following that that game has. So mm-hmm. Anyway, honorable mentions. Yeah, um... Little Big Planet, obviously, I mentioned before, came out very early in the year, and number two, of course, and that was a, an amazing game. Um, for those people who like building their own, uh, it pretty much gave you the ability to do almost anything imaginable to build your own um, levels. So I thought that was pretty standout for that one. Well, I mentioned Spy Mouse earlier, so we don't have to go into that, but um, Mortal Kombat's there, Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. I only played that at the EB Expo, I haven't played it since then, but left an impression, didn't it? It it did. It made me almost, almost get a 3ds. <laughs> <laughs> almost, yeah, a almost. Cool. So yeah, exactly, not almost, but almost, almost. Especially so. with the price drop, kind of helped. Um, the, the next one on the list, um, I think a lot of people will be pissed off that it's not in our uh, you know games that we've already mentioned. But just go have a beer with your bros and get over it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Now, this one was obviously a massive game, but it had a lot of flaws. Um, and Like being Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, yeah. But I think, personally, the, the single player was fucking great, and it's almost worth yeah. getting it for the single player. Mm. If you've played the other two, of course. If you haven't, then don't fucking bother. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it was pretty good. It was good to get that wrapped up as well and, you know, hear all that shit going on so anyway um well, tim you've got a couple here that you've mentioned and we might like get you guys to pick some out of this big ass long list that we've got here and just talk about them and then i'll i'll clean up the dregs at the end but we'll start <laughs> just, with you tim just quickly my other two games my sequels were infamous 2 and portal 2 um i did see some of infamous 2 and it looked pretty impressive i think a lot of people were surprised by it um these are all in honorable honorable mentions because they're probably not game of the year material portal 2 was my other one and i played it uh, i played co-op which was very good in, i enjoyed it and it was interesting but yeah it wasn't terribly challenging either that or rock and i just too good <laughs> <laughs> but i think the wonder of playing portal for the first time isn't there so you know what to expect the you know yes the voicing was great the the narrative was very interesting some of the um some of the animations and you know the whole facility being all messed up and stuff was, was great to see, but I just 
don't think I can push it into game of the year territory. The other one um, is, of course, you can um, count just, on. Oh, sorry, a... just before you leave Portal Two, um, <laughs> yeah, mate. What you're saying about the voicing and everything, Steve Merchant got what was a voice actor of the year from the Spike VGAs for that one. Okay. So, yeah, beat out Nolan North in like every other game. So that's alright because Nolan North probably yeah. won about six billion awards for mm. whatever it is. But his yeah. his his trophy cabinet's full. That's and right. It doesn't need any crap. You, you could probably awards. pick four games in a year and he'd be in all of them. So yeah. I mean, but, not that and, I'm dissing the guy. He's awesome. He's a great guy. And but. also, you wrote here not innovative enough for the game of the year, but um, the cross-platform gaming with that because you could co-op between PS3 and PC with Steam. Ah, that was a pretty interesting yeah, development. It, I mean, good, I haven't played it, but... It's an it's, interesting technical yeah. development, but most of the time, the only reason why developers don't work on that is because of how, how um, you know, the platforms gatekeep their their, mm. their accessibility. I mean, it, it's it's not really that huge a technical marvel, but, you know, yeah. not that I want well, to rain trade or anything, bro. <laughs> we've got one on there, DC Universe Online, just before you go on to the next one, but... Um, yep. That went free to play. That was I got that. It was pretty fun. I stopped playing because I don't know anyone that plays on it because it doesn't have cross-platform gaming. You can play it on PC or PS3, but the servers are not linked, so you can't play together. And that's something that's really irritating because a lot but of people. When you're when you're looking at com, uh, competitive gaming, anyone with a mouse is going to have an edge over someone with a yeah. gamepad. That's just that's just yeah. a fact. And Portal is not a competitive game. Mm. But DC Universe Online is a MMO that was kind of designed for the console, and so a lot of people on PC play it with a controller as well because you can. But um, it's more people play it on PC because you can get it on Steam. I think. Can you get it on yeah. Steam? Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a lot quicker to fucking download something on your PC than it is on the PSN. Damn straight. Which is because the PSN sucks. <laughs> but that game, Wow, yeah. you said something with Sony and it sucked. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, April? <laughs> or May? Yeah. Sony wasn't in there, though. Yeah. The PSN wasn't anyway. But no, um, sorry, cool. you can keep going, Tim. I'll allow. All good, all good. My, my last one is, is, of course, naturally an obscure Japanese title, or maybe not as obscure Yakuza. as it would be. But, but uh, no. no. Uh, well, Brad from Level yeah, 2 really loved Yakuza 4, I think it was. But, um, but El Shaddai, uh, what was it? The Ascension of the Metatron was the subtitle for it. Um, is an absolutely whacked out fucking trippy game. Um, and it's almost as if Suda51 designed it. He didn't, but uh, geez, it looks like he did. It's a, it's very visually quirky. Um, at the end of the day, 3D platformer with very, uh, what's becoming a, a bit of a pattern in Japanese combat mechanics. If you've played Bayonetta, it's a little bit similar with button presses, pauses, direction um direction inputs and things so but i just loved how how outside it was and you know uh, that that sort of thing is really impressive probably not good enough to be game of the year but um but i think it would have been memorable for the people who really enjoyed it um possibly more memorable than anything else they may have played do you, i i've heard a little bit about it. i never saw anything of it and i was i have heard people say though that um it was probably massively underrated like a lot yes if if more people had played it, that would be good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether more people would get into it. Um, its sensibility, its storytelling and narrative sensibilities are definitely very Japanese. So if you're not used to that sort of thing and you're not, you don't have an open mind. Understandably, you might just go, "Yeah, this is a bit off. It's a bit weird, and I'm not really interested in it." Also, um, 
as a 3D platformer, you may have played tighter um, platformers before. So, you know, the joy has to come from just how abstract most of it is and that the story is quite abstract and, you know, the combat is not going to be like God of War. It's going to be a little bit more... It's going to require a bit more discipline like Bayonetta um, and that sort of thing. So maybe some of the Devil May Cry players might enjoy it um, and you, you're sort of heading into a niche market already. So it's possible that, that people who who just have an open mind might enjoy it. But, um, yeah, there, there may be a few too many preconditions. You might need to get something out of uh, a game like El Shaddai. But that doesn't mean it's a bad game. I really thought it was good. I think I should probably pick that up because I always really enjoyed the Devil May Cry games and Bayonetta, I didn't really play. I played about a minute of it. <laughs> I don't know where or when, but um, I think I played... Oh, no, I think I played the demo of it, of Bayonetta. But, yeah, speaking of um, Suda51... Has anyone played Shadows of the Damned? No. No. Man, no. I, oh, it's on these honourable mentions because I really wanted to play it, so that's why it gets an honourable mention. Because <laughs> it, it looks it looks really interesting. It's, um, yeah, I don't I haven't played it, so I'm not going to be able to talk, talk about it. <laughs> well, Susie, <laughs> have you secret. got any on this list of honourable mentions that you'd like to mention? Uh, okay. Uh, the ones that I had was also Mortal Kombat Nine. Um, but we've discussed that. Um, <laughs> one was certainly um, <laughs> uh, Toy Soldiers Cold War for, oh, a, yeah. for an arcade title. It was really good fun, and even earlier today, uh, Tim and I co-opted it, so, uh, which was a bit of fun. Um, the only other honourable mentions, uh, one I had to put in there was definitely Tiny Tower. Oh, um, yeah. That My is... girlfriend's up to 99 levels in hers, oh, I think. Oh, wow. I gave up after 54 and couldn't believe I made it that far. <laughs> um, so I'm enjoying that on my phone. I don't think Tim's enjoying it as much as me, but... Um, Is Tiny Tower yeah. the one where you have to save the sheep? What's that one? No? No, something different. Farm Frenzy? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tiny Tower's Tower um, like... Did you ever play Sim Tower? Oh, it's yes. not like that at all. Okay, that's <laughs> it's, except that it's a tower. It's oh. a tower. You're building levels. It's a free game, and it's all freemium, right? Yeah. Except that it's done well in that you don't actually need to pay money to enjoy oh, that's it. That's good. Yeah. Oh, there so, you go. Might have to give it a crack. Clear you basically build. Yeah, you build levels in a tower, and you know, populate them with little people and. You know, you can. It has a what is it called, like tiny book or something that works like a Facebook of your residence. Oh, um, bit, uh, bit book or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And it's just like funny things, like who, who farted in the elevator or something like that. <laughs> oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this new person moved in on my floor and she's a freak. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. No, so. it's very, it's very cute, and it, it. I check it probably once an hour, and it's, it's good. So, cool. yeah. Right. Addictive. So. I'll have to keep an eye on yeah. that one. Were there That's any more there, Tim, Tim or Susie, that interest you in that list? Oh, Trent, oh, there's a few down the bottom that you guys added, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was um, Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon. That was, oh, I'm just going to be biased and say it was good fun. Um, Connect Sports 2 and Dance Central 2 were probably the best uh, Connect games. Oh, but... Fruit Ninja Connect. We discussed Fruit Ninja Connect. Oh, sorry, it's not coloured red on my list anyway. (laughs) 
No. Oh, it's nice <laughs> to get for, a couple um, of Connect Connect titles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for cool. the premium Connect titles, those two uh, were certainly standouts. You'll you'll notice there's no PlayStation Move games in the list, mm. apart from Diblob Two. That's true. Chloe, have you got any in the honourable mentions? Um, one definitely that I've really, really enjoyed and I kind of wish I'd put it in my top three, um, From Dust, is just... Ooh. I don't know, it's really an original oh, yeah. game. I've never... I don't know if there is, but I've never seen gameplay like that before. And the environment, once again, is just freaking gorgeous. Um, the only <laughs> thing that I have against it is the... Like the, the the characters, the people that you kind of are gods of, they can be a bit stupid sometimes. <laughs> I think God says that about us every day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, there's clearly lava right there and they walk into it and then they start burning and the smoke comes off them and you feel really bad. <laughs> and, you know, but at the same that. time, you did walk into lava. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so From Dust definitely has a lot of points for me. It's, it's a lot of fun and just... For originality, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um, I played the demo of that on the PSN. It's another game that's about ten bucks, fifteen bucks cheaper on Steam. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's I get true. I think from Steam. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we we did put a list together, and and I think it was uh, pinched from Wikipedia. But you know, this list has, you know, even just the honourable mentions here has about what thirty games, twenty five games on it, and it surprises mm. me in this year, this year alone how many games gamers have played, how many games gamers have bought and possibly on-sold or traded in. Um, I go and through, enjoyed. And enjoyed, yeah, very much so. I go through this list, and the ones that really you know, come out and, and hit me first is um, you know, Killzone 3 was fucking great, another good you know, Killzone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rage, a game. I liked the single-player awesome game. Killzone 3. So. Yeah, so did I. I, I loved I it in 3D too. It looks fucking great. Oh, and it's, with the move? No? No. Uh, yeah, it was okay with the move. Um, you know, with the actual guns. Sharpshooter. With the sharpshooter. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was well done. Um, we've got Dead Space 2. was, again, an awesome game. Assassin's Creed Revelations. Awesome game. Um, you know, stacking was fantastic. Crisis 2. Crisis 2 was a great game as well. It wasn't as big or as uh, impressive, I suppose, as Crisis 1, but still a great game in its own right. Um we had uh, you know, Brink was also slightly different in some ways um, to what people expected it to be and probably not as good as they expected it to be either. Um, Unfortunately. Need for Speed the Run, another f- um, Frostbite um, engine, and was awesome. Was was actually a really good game. Uh, it did get a little bit boring just because it's a racing game for me, so I kind of lost interest. But um, The length of it too. Well, yeah, think. it wasn't a very long game, but you know, I mean that uh, that can be good for racing games. It it, it it was almost just a tack on, just so it was more of an online game, but the online just sucked. Uh, I didn't like it very much, so it kind of you know, didn't leave you too much to want to go back to. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah. An amazing year for gaming. Uh, we had also things like Resistance 3 um, you know, and Lord of the Rings, War in the North, which I didn't actually play, but I've heard some really, really good things about. I'm actually pretty keen to try that on. I mean, I've heard it's repetitive and whatnot and blah, 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 but I think it'll be good 
anyway. Yeah. Well, I think as as an expansion to to people who are big fans of the Lord of the Rings movies and the mm. and the stories and the books and everything, um, it it picks out some of the you know, not so well known characters in that and actually explains mm. a lot more and a, and a lot in depth about those characters and what they did for the yeah. for the war and you know the storyline behind it and. Yeah, and what was going on in other parts of the world while Frodo and his mates were, you know... Yeah, doing their thing. Doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, so... But for, like, massive Lord of the Rings fans, they might not like it because, obviously, Tolkien didn't write it. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you might ne- you might just go, no way, it can never be as good. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've got a couple others, Matt. I'll let you just run through those quickly, and then we'll wrap up because it's it's probably been long enough, and we're we're getting a bit tired. All right. Um. So Dark Souls, I'm sure plenty of people out there put that had that as their game of the year because they love masochism and dying. Um, yeah, just um really challenging game, which is kind of hard to find these days. Like mm-hmm. a game that actually challenges you. Marvel vs. Capcom three. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed that. Don't know if anyone here likes that fighting game. Yeah, uh, I like fighters, but I'd, yeah, not in VC. But anyway, yeah. not biased. <laughs> um, Test Drive Unlimited 2, that was one of our first reviews on the site, I believe, yep. back in earlier in the year. Fight Night Champion, did anyone play that? No. Uh, I played it very quickly. I actually hired it from the video store down the road. Um, I heard good things about it. It was okay. It was it was decent for a Fight Night game. Um, With a story. Yeah, yeah, I kind of preferred um, Fight Night Four. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I just think it was more of an arcadey kind of experience, and I appreciated that more about that kind of thing. It wasn't as as arcadey as some of the really old school fighting games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just kind of enjoyed the um, the grittiness of the older ones. Fair enough then. I'm just going to mention two more out of the ones that are left here because I didn't play the rest, and I feel a bit silly mentioning them but um dragon age 2 i clocked that and thought it was great despite mixed reviews from the world and red faction armageddon not as good as gorilla yeah but it's good so yeah mm. so there we go i mean that was uh that was the year that was 2000 oh, and marvel gaming. pinball sorry marvel pinball was freaking <laughs> awesome <laughs> i'm sorry and we're gonna sit sorry. here and keep throwing them in um yeah until i mute everyone but uh yeah i mean there was a lot of games discussed there um, and we obviously all played a hell of a lot of games this year so I think that's Oh, I that's got one more. Good. I got one more. <laughs> mute, one more. mute, damn it. <laughs> no, no, go I'm on. Just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2010, I'm kidding. God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically that was the, the game of the year uh, wrap-up. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope we covered the games that you wanted to hear about. Uh, we didn't go through in depth with all of those games because most of them we have played at certain points and we've discussed them. So I hope the games uh, that everybody got to, uh, you know, one on the list were, were discussed. So anyway, um, I'd like oh, to... Oh, come s- on, we have to pick one. Are we uh, going to pick one? <laughs> I wasn't going to. pick one each? I was going to try I mean, and just wrap it up. <laughs> oh, all right. No, go on, go on. We'll type it up or something. Yeah. We yeah. can always make a post about it. Yeah, I guess we should. Um, let us know out of all of those ones if you think we missed anything or if you think <laughs> we should have added anything or talked talked more in depth about any of those games. Um, 
But for now, I want to say thank you. Thank you very much, Chloe, for coming on for the first time. We'd love to have you back at any time you're available. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you for writing all your articles this year. They've been fantastic. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and the dev diary and everything, yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Susie and Tim, thank you for coming on again, and thank you for your input. Yep. No, worries. no worries. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and from, uh, from myself, I'd like to say thanks to Matt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How nice was well, that? Can I um, can I thank like True Blue Entertainment and uh, Big Ant Studios and Wicked Witch and all the Aussie developers and distributors that we've spoken to and worked with this year, uh, well in last year because it's 2012 now, but in 2011 we met a lot of really cool people from a lot of different companies and learnt a lot. So I just want to thank everyone that we've had, um, you On know, just. The show. Mm. you know that we've spoken to and everything it's just been a massive year and i'm extremely grateful to be involved and to know all of you so yeah there you go that's fantastic shout outs to all in the gaming industry um mm-hmm. I'd particularly have to... tin man games yes who have helped us definitely awesome um i'd also like to say that um you know from everything that we've done all this year my my highlight for me uh, was definitely having a chat with Esso uh, from Bliss and Esso. Um, doing an interview with yeah. him was an absolute highlight for me, and and I think that uh, that deserves a mention. So go back. I think that was episode eleven. Um, yeah. Go back and have a listen to that. So this is episode twenty six anyway. Almost a podcast every fortnight for the year, and it's been an absolute ball. So hopefully many more in two thousand and twelve. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening and good night. Oh no, we missed a couple of big games. I'll just go in and talk and put them in. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Oh. Yeah, like oh. which games? Seriously. I'll just drop yeah. them in. Which, which games didn't we list? <laughs>